Hey, Mo, where are we? What are we doing? Hey, Scott, I'm I'm here again because Seth is not here. Who's Seth? Uh, the the one that was with me last time that you worked. <laughs> <laughs> I think this works better. Just uh, you know, just just you and or one of us. Okay. So, uh, so what? So what? I'm only the make... producer, not the host. <laughs> We're working on you. We're mentoring you. Okay. Thank you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone, welcome to uh, Making Community Podcast. Uh, in our next episode, and the one you're going to hear today, we're actually doing something a little bit more interesting. What are we doing, Mao? Why is it more interesting than normal? So we're running an experiment this time because we had a great conversation with April Jefferson. And wow. She's an incredible human being, and we couldn't stop our conversation and we just kept going and going so we're gonna be doing a two-part episode this time right so i think a two-part be fun so today is our first part and in our first part we uh you know mao and uh, sath and i we had a conversation you know with april and uh, you know it's a really it's a really kind of very intimate stuff came out that's right yeah all right so anything else scott well, I think um, usually, um, you know, we, you know, I, I, as you listen to this, if you want to get in touch with us on social media, if you want to um, contact, uh, you know, April Soulcraft Woman, if you want to contact myself at uh, Heart of Scott on Twitter, um, if you want to contact Sathbal, which is Sathbal on Twitter, and if you want to get you on Twitter, where are you, Mao? I'm not on Twitter, but I'm in maovera.co. Ah, okay, excellent. Right. So if you want to contact us about anything that talks, talked about or comes up, that'd be great. And, uh, you know, we'll put those details in the show notes as well. So I hope you enjoy this first part of a two-part special. Perfect. So for everyone that is living under a rock and don't know April Jefferson, April is an independent coach, collaboration facilitator, experienced crafter, game creator, and international speaker. And as we said, one of the greatest human beings in the planet. So hope you like our conversation with April and we'll see you at the end of the second part episode. How am I? Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm alive and kicking still. So that's always a, a joy, right? I'm happy to see you all alive and kicking gents. Yeah, it's always, always, a, joy to, always a joy to be in your company. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Oh. I'm going to ask the first question, right? What communities are you part of? So we're all part of different communities. I ask this question of everyone. We get completely different answers. Some people just talk about agile. Some people talk about their life. Some people talk about their, uh, you know, where they live in that. We're all, we're all part of all these communities. What communities are you in? Well, so in my mind, I like to think of myself as a polyglot, not as someone who speaks other languages because I don't I speak English but I am a part of many communities and uh, many communities that are pursuing the future of work such as agile and uh, design design thinking uh, uh, people and uh, you know, like genuine contact uh, uh, improvisation uh, people with combat community. It's really weird that I've learned as someone, I know we're talking about building community today, 
because I can go on and on um, about open space community. Um, For me, I like to converge them all. And and I find so much beauty in that as a, a practitioner. I consider myself a sponge and I die. I think there's, people have put different names and nomenclature to all these different things, but there's something at the core, at the heart of it all. And we may have different language for it. Like here, they may say this, and here they may say that, but we're talking about the same thing. And this beauty in that, you know, um, uh, in the mindset that is a, emerges in all these different communities in that pursuit and how we can truly leverage things from one another to move forward. And I believe that has happened and that slowly you'll, you'll see things like splinters in, within these different communities. And one of the projects that um, I, I'm happy to have helped co-found um, was just that around the future of work. Right. Uh, and where we were intentionally, and I remember people showing up, I said, this doesn't happen. So-and-so's here from this community, and we got to talk about these things, and they were able to see that synergy and how it connected, and it's so beautiful. And that's the future of work 24 hours. Uh, Seth and I, uh, we are uh, going to be co-facilitating opening that space uh, in May, so that's exciting. Um, but it's a joy in the way I think. It's like, who else? Who else? You know, who have we not invited? Because everybody works, right? In some facet or another. And to think about improving their life, how beautiful is that? Supplemental question. So that's interesting. You've got all the people from different communities. Yeah, different. And you're pulling them together. The the list is long. The list is long. It's It's just, it's it's expansive. So to spend time listing everyone. I'm like, I'm trying to invite the whole world, like okay. change so, 8 billion lives, right? right. So, so Genghis Khan <laughs> got, all the, got all the Mongol tribes together into his yurt and persuaded them that they were much better together than they were separate, okay? Mm-hmm. Initially, they weren't a community. They were just separate people. There were separate communities in that union. What do you call that union of communities before it's kind of melded its own identity? But that, that, mm. that marketplace of ideas, what do you call that? Um, I, when people are coming together, I call it a gathering, right? Um, and the way I d- describe it and that I, I see a part of my role is we have this idea of holy space that's pretty central in many of these communities. Um, and that for me, facilitation and holding space is different. And that I begin in just preparation and and gathering these people, holding space for them. But the goal is not for me to hold that space alone, is that that connecting them with one another. So they begin holding space for one another. And then together we're quickly moving to holding space we're all holding space together. So it's like going through this cycle uh, and it's so beautiful in that. So like we gather 
and uh, someone who's a serial organizer who does lots of events, one of the things that I find is that when you do different things, when you gather people together, community happens. And that's the beauty in it. And they want to come together again. They're like, how do we interact and engage again? Let's do this again. And then all the time people, I'm like, you are welcome to be a part of it because I'm very generative in that. But it it takes a lot of work. We put in a lot of work to help gather people together. (laughs) Right? Right. So so you said generative there. So you you call yourself a generative coach. Help our our, our listeners understand what you you mean by that. What do you mean by that? So for me... uh, And just to let you know, I never say the same thing twice. So don't ask me to quote myself because I'll say it in numerous different ways. (laughs) I've asked you this before. So, 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 so I am definitely now expecting a different answer. Never never give a deposition in the law court. (laughs) It's a good thing you're recording it. Um, (laughs) And then you're like, did you say that? I'm like, that may have said something. Like that, that was the other April <laughs> The way I say, tell people, I don't, I'm fine. Like, if you get the essence of my words, I don't even, I don't desire anyone to ever quote me verbatim. If you get the essence of what I said and, and take that there and what that meant to you, like saying your own words, that's good enough for me. I call it mm. good. I, I say you nailed it. Right. Um, but f- for me, uh, being generative is uh, sharing and all the things. If you would put it quite simply, if that's, you wanted to say, say it in a couple words, sharing of all the things, you know, um, that shared voice, shared power, um, uh, sharing that, uh, that, that space, being open, curious, so you can go on and on. You definitely, you you definitely didn't say that before. What you're talking yeah. about resonates for me. And I'm going to take yeah. this podcast in a, in a weird turn, okay? Okay. He does, this, do, he does this all the time. Sometimes you do experimental stuff. And one time, Monica and I, we went to this uh, tantric healing session, mm-hmm. okay? I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what that meant when I got there. <laughs> the first thing is the put you, you get paired with someone you've never met before, yeah? And you have to do a ceremony of opening the space. And I had never intensely stood before someone I've never met before and just hold space for five minutes looking at them and then asking permission to enter, you know, enter into the space or enter into the space. And uh, I'm even thinking about it now, goosebumps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is such an honor. The way you speak about opening space and the and the ceremony, uh, it makes it sound like you're opening a spiritual space. Yeah. Stonehenge is where all the tribes used to come and they'd all come to their markers and they'd stand around in a big circle. And it felt like a spiritual space. Sometimes I find open spaces a bit like that. It's a bit spiritual. Yeah, Yeah. I I, I definitely find that in there. Um, One of the things that for me, I know I'm put on this earth to love others and that love is very spiritual. Right. Um, and, and that's a part of it. When you put care, care for others is love. 
and that's what you're doing when you're holding space. Um, and I get what you're saying. You take moments with a stranger. I remember someone told me, like they thanked me so so much, as in the session, and and all I did was listen and say absolutely nothing. And and they thanked me so much and told me how um, multiple times how that was a uh, life changing for them. I've got a. I've got I was a little... speechless. Yeah. But it's common. Who most people don't get listened to. Mm-hmm. Most people aren't seen. Yeah. And I think we've been in a a space now. It's weird where sometimes people have become more curious. I know, at least for me, you know, um, as a woman of color, as a black woman, people are like, oh. We were asking more questions now, right? Trying to listen more where they weren't listening or weren't curious in the past. And um, I think uh, as we've become, uh, as a society, are inviting and more inclusive. Of course, not everyone is. We have other sides who are not and they couldn't care less. Um, But a lot of people are being curious and that's beautiful. So I like to focus on, on, on that and I, when I, I I look at it, I've always said that curious people are coachable. Yes. And um, yes. and the thing is, but I don't just give up and saying, well, they're not coachable. It's like, well, how do you get people curious? Explore that, right? And it's worth it. And some people have gotten curious. How do you how do you think that's happened, Scott? Sarah? Oh. Mm. We wouldn't be at this place we are in the world right now if people didn't get curious. So I, I look at it. Change is long. I sort of think the curiosity comes from a desire for something different and I ideally better. And if you go into it with the right mindset, you kind of don't know what you might get with that exploratory, you know, kind of feeling and that sense of wanting to explore, I think will get you somewhere different to where you are now. And I think that kind of mindset is, yeah, going to bring actual benefit. Actually. One, one thing, one thing that's really been important to me, I've joined a new community. I've joined a new community. April's going to say, what community is it? I know. I'll be like riding your. I'll be like, sure, cool, invite me. I'm always, I always say yes. Yes, and what can I learn? Yes, and what can I learn? It's important. For jazz community. Ooh. So I forgot I used to love jazz, and I forgot I used to edit the jazz magazine at university, and I forgot I used to go and interview all these great jazz musicians. And the first thing to open up is the jazz club. Um, and it's been very locked down in Scotland. There hasn't been much activity. The, bu- the ability to stand there and listen to five people on the stage throwing a tune around. Yeah. So one minute the tunes on the piano, the next minute the tunes over here. None of them have any egos. None of them are saying it's all trumpets, all trumpets, all trumpet. The other one, yeah, you know, playing in harmony 
and that generosity, the spirit of generosity. Mm. And as I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, we should coach like that. We should coach like we're five jazz musicians. No right or wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Someone someone makes a wrong note. We just, the, the rest of them play it so that everyone thinks it's, it's part of the piece. Someone plays a wrong note, it might make the piece better. Masters of improv, right? Again, like these communities merge. That's improvisational and then moving in. Uh, and that is very generative, right? The art of music. And completely based in respect. Yeah. And respect for what went before, but also where we want to go. So that's good as well. So last night they were, um, you know, doing music from Bird and they were doing music from, uh, you know, Dizzy Gillespie. So there's an homage, but they were taking it and changing it. And mm. they were playing it and they was passing around. Such power in the room. Yeah. That's, that's the community I want to be part of. And I'm really missing conferences. I am really missing conferences. I'm really <laughs> missing that face-to-face -face communication. There's beauty in that. I think I, I've seen the most beautiful people in the world in our community in the Agile community, the most beautiful people in the world. Yeah. What I enjoy is that as someone who's a, a conference junkie as well, and, um, and although I miss the in-person, I quite enjoy the virtual because one of the things that I've been doing when we think that future work is really open the world to everyone. Like I'm able to be in Scotland today from Detroit, right? Um, and and all over, like, hey, you know what? On Wednesdays, I'm like connecting with people from India. On Tuesdays, I'm talking to someone from London. Um, next month, I wanna be in South Africa, but without leaving Detroit, right? Um, and, and that's beautiful. Like us as a world, we've gotten the world to be much smaller. We've created spaces for, for equitable access to learning and growth. And that's why like bringing this, it's become possible to bring it, to bring new ideas um, and constantly be on that journey exploration together in this so maybe this pandemic you know has been a good thing in some ways that's been one of the benefits yeah i feel the same way it's over 2020 2021 the sorts of things i was getting involved in the sorts of projects pre-covid yeah i mean none of that was really going to be possible or practical and i couldn't have gone to all the places i had Went obviously I physically didn't go to them, but I still felt like I was there, you know, participating and, and, and felt welcomed in to want to contribute. Yeah, I've launched I've launched two communities um, during this pandemic and like kind of relaunched a third that I started right before the pandemic. Um, and it's been beautiful, each unique. They all kind of merged together. I've uh, had an opportunity to mentor people from all over the world, create space for them to develop in their careers, get a career, learn, grow, have opportunities to 
keep moving, get on paid work, volunteer work, and just also be a part of this great ecosystem, right? Um, I find enjoying that. People unlocking their potential. There's so much beauty in it. Yeah, here. Mm -hmm. Read. So, so we we are all involved in lots of things. Right? I know. And <laughs> you're probably involved in more stuff than Scott and I are. That's not often I I say that. But I mean, is there anything that stands out in all of that for you? I mean, you're obviously doing stuff with Angela Lyons, you're doing the future work with Flowers, and we're gonna be, you know, collaborating again and in May, you're you know, you're you're doing a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, how mm. how it's obviously distinctions as well, right? So you 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 want to have the distinctions to kind of celebrate things that make also make them different. How do you do that? So there's different things that make them different, but I think at the core of all of it, and that's probably with me, which another community I'm a part of it is that is open space. Mm. And looking at open space, for me, open space is a mindset, not a framework, not a way to, you know, to organize a meeting. It's a mindset that, that where the space is always open, that um, it, it allows me to be in a space where I can interact and engage actively in, in, in different communities and understanding my own mobility and walking in it, it, it has been freeing to embrace, to constantly invest in how might I, right? Play next. And that's the overall, I would say, theme with any of them. And sometimes things emerge like, communities out of a need. I think the closest one to my heart is definitely the future of work, um, 24 hours and what we're doing there um, because it intentionally is bringing all these different communities together. It has, it uh, I have taken on something on you know, which I did like right before the pandemic, I created a game that was kind of the exploration where through storytelling we can play with and see how might we uh, leverage, uh, you know, principles, practices, mindset, you know, tools from all these different spaces to move, progress forward on different things. And I would say that initially I thought I was just doing an event and realized <laughs> that uh, it was a community. Right, and that everything the community and the and the thirst, right? Um, it's all volunteer led. I'm a volunteer. All of us, and that how like we are living out. Where people tell me I have volunteers who work, like it's their full time job. How how they put their effort in it, and there's a reason why is because they actually get to live out the future of work, the things that people talk about in theory. In this, and what we do, they get to live it out in the roles that they play. Like everyone's equal, whether they're in front of the camera or behind the camera. We value everyone um, equally. 
their contributions, their space. People are leading and learning and say, oh, what do you want to learn next? Right. Um, and play different things. You haven't learned anything about financials and sponsorships and different things. Oh, cool. You're going to do that. Marketing, do that. Where people learn it can make careers out of stuff. They're playing like, hey, you know what? In my job, I do this, but here I get to play. So like I decided to take on this role. I could do whatever I want to here and play. Yes, you can. How do you want to play? I think it's fun. You know, my goal was to create a space where people unlock their potential and I've, and that is happening and it has, has happened. And it's beautiful to see people learn, you know, like um, how to lead, how to lead their cells. And that's what it, excites me, you know, is people discovering that leader within themselves, that they own their own destiny. Yeah, no, agreed. I think we've seen, yeah, definitely seen a lot of that in these sorts of spaces, and yeah, it's a, it's a platform for growth in whatever way you want to, and you know, we had the same in Agile 20 Reflect, remember, and Access Agile, and all the other things we've kind of been involved in, yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I remember with uh, Agile Twenty Reflect, and someone asked me like, "Who are you excited to hear or see?" I'm like, "All the new voices." What? Really? Yes, all the new voices. Because their voices matter. Like everyone else is important. Everyone's important. Everyone voice matters. Everyone means everyone. Mm-hmm. Everyone. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, I get asked to speak or do different things, and I was like, hey, you know what? What about this person over here, right? Or not do, not be scripted. There's so much content out there, right? And I was talking earlier about content and content creators and everyone like filming all the different things. And I like this podcast format because it's unscripted. It's not like, okay, April beforehand, I'm gonna answer, ask these questions. So you prepared. That's, we that's just get script. in and we start, and we start talking. That's because right? Seth and I are basically unscripted. This, this yeah. started as a conversation in the pub mm-hmm. and we've just invited other people into it. Yeah. And I, tell people like I like to unscript it it's real it's transparent um yeah. no editing needed emergent emergent <laughs> <Right? laughs> uh, yeah and that's deliberately why we've done it this way because we, yeah. we, we like we, we're comfortable with where the conversation might go we don't know where it will go I think you know and having awesome folks like yourself in this conversation because we know you know awesome things will emerge you know we'll learn things and we'll all you know, share, and we're all comfortable sharing. We're also comfortable listening. And uh, what's noodling for you right now? What's emerging? Well, I've said this to you before, but every time I'm in your company, we're chatting. The best thing about it is the very comfortable silence, rather than the very uncomfortable silence. Right? <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that's what I like, and I think that's why you're so good at creating spaces that, you know, we talk about psychological safety and I think it get, you know, the term gets abused and I've said it before and I've said it countless times. There's nothing worse than being in a space and somebody actually 
trying to announce it's a safe space. As soon as that's done, it's gone. I see it happen in the workplace constantly, and it really annoys me. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing that you are now self-managed. Uh, that's not how it works. Yeah. You're now self-organized. That's not how it works. Those two mean different things, and it's not something you can propagate. So you have to allow it to happen. Yeah. So we talk a lot about you know the, the, the things we've been doing and the voluntary spaces and the conferences, the unconferences, the festivals. Um, what are your experiences trying to help organizations do that within their enterprises? I mean, how, how does that feel for you? What does, does that look like for you? What have you seen in trying to help? Well, the, the biggest thing is for them to move beyond fear. Right. And, and able to articulate it and resonate with it. I use different tools to get, get people to connect around it. Right. Because we got a whole toolkit from all these different communities. Right. That can help us think, oh, you know, what might work with them to kind of get them to move the needle and think a little differently. What might help um, this and for everyone is different because you know, the people involved uh, who have delegated authority to move forward are different with different scenarios. Um, but the biggest thing is that a lot of people have different fears, right? Um, to, to do what I do, I have to walk in a space of freedom and not fear to have the conversations. Uh, unfortunately, I see other peers who do walk in fear and um, I would say as a coach or whatever, or a consultant. And to me, it's not about being buddy-buddy and telling them what they want to hear. Then I build greater trust when I'm honest and authentic with them, of course, with empathy, right? Uh, you know, in, in, in a respectful way and, and sharing what's really happening. Um, there's a reason why I can be in places and I can, I, I find that I have a, um, I can hear the voice of the people there, the water cooler conversations that leadership doesn't know that's happening, that I'm, uh, that I learn is because I connect with people differently as humans um, and can actually, and go beyond that to, from gossip to say, hey, this is an elephant. Let's deal with the elephants. Let's not have elephants stomping around in places. And here's how might we can deal with these elephants. And I've done it consistently, and they've had great progress. When um, in in different ways, not everything's open space. Some we've leveraged open space. Some leverage other different tools to talk about the elephants and move forward with it. But what was beautiful full with that is creates space where you're talking about what's really going on the people there to uncover they they have a bigger voice than they thought they had because a lot of times that's what sort of countries we're expecting leaders to solve all all the world's problems and not understanding that hey you know what you're gonna have to do stuff too <laughs> they can't do everything they're not gonna they don't stop seeking permission for stuff, right? You're creating a culture because they think, like people think uh, if you ask me, oh, that means you want to engage me versus like, oh, you need me 
my approval for some reason instead of you just doing doing the thing that you need to do, right? You see a problem, you see something else, act, do it, lead, move forward with it. I, basically, I'm just I seeing people like all the different um, actions from it. They actually happen. Uh, over ninety percent of them come to fruition from them uh, because people now feel the feel like uh, they have the the freedom to do so, right? Um, that you created a space to address these things, and we can act on them, and they come to fruition, and that is is a better thing for the entire organization. And that's what I love about it. I, I love it. I love uh, people discovering how they can lead themselves, how they can collaborate with one another, that for them to put on their virgin eyes that they had when they first came into these organizations and saw these problems and get beyond um, like, oh, this is just how it is here. It doesn't have to be. That's a lie. It's a lie that this is just how it is. It's a lie that you told yourself. It doesn't have to be, right? Do something about it. Nice. I like what you said. Because what, when we get together and we take those elephants out or we talk about the stuff we never talk about. Yeah, we're, we're naming it. We're mm -hmm. pulling it out. We're calming it down. We're taming it. Yeah. And then we're claiming it. So we're going to do something about it. We're owning it. Mm -hmm. Whatever been a big problem that we can touch or a big problem over there or someone else's problem or, you know what, I hope that you, uh, I hope the, you know, the new CTO fixes that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Need and understanding that. we start working as a collective to do something about it. That's the power of it. You're not alone. Everyone's grumbling about the same thing. Instead of grumbling, you spend all these hours and all this time grumbling about something. The other and bit, a shorter time to fix it, right? But the other bit is, I don't think we celebrate enough what's working. Yeah. So lots of stuff's working. Some bits aren't working. Well, our, I, I know I've got many peers who will go in and then, you know, make some catastrophe about the elements that aren't working. <laughs> this organization's been there for a hundred years. It's gonna be there, and you know, we're, we 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 come up with this justification that really things need to change and everything else. And instead of like a kaizen approach, small small experiments, open space kaizen, what are we going to change? How do we want to mm -hmm. do it? What could we try? What's safe to try? It's got to be, uh, you know, let's put Spotify in. <laughs> I've seen, you know, let's sack all the business analysts. <laughs> Suck all the project managers and then we'll be fixed. It's like these so, big solutions are not working for me. What I say is when, uh, like when people retrospect, right? What's the first question? What's, what are we doing well? And it's as if people ask that question to, to like bypass it, to just, you know, like, let's say that so we can, uh, we, you need to hear good things so we can get to the hurt. But I don't skip over the good things. It's very important to really focus in on that so you can keep doing the good things and how might else? For me, I think that's how I got to where I am today is that um, 
when I uncovered that, you know, I used to think my empathy was my greatest weakness. And, um, and then I asked, like, when someone asked me, it's like, what if it's your greatest strength? I was like, huh. And then imagine around it. Um, and I asked that question to a lot of the people that I mentor, because it was asked to me like when you discover like how might that be your greatest strength and you think about all the different things like I'm still diving into that and understanding like that is my strength right um that's how I've been able to get to a place where I'm doing the different things that I do today is because I've tapped into that and said oh it's not a weakness it's a strength and this is what it's going to look like right that this is possible. It doesn't have to be, this is the way it is. Because I'm in a place with a toxic culture and like, I don't care about empathy, right? <laughs> and I'm like, it doesn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. Mo, you've got one of the greatest humans on the planet in front of you. Ask her a question. <laughs> I'm, I'm just really, really curious why you do it. Everything that 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 you said that of course the the love and and all the communities and try to mentor everyone and and I I say as Scott is that you're one of the greatest humans on the planet as as hearing from you right now I'm just curious and why what is your motivation to do it why why you do everything you do what what keeps you going as if I may quote uh, uh, Simon Sinek is that why you wake up excited every day to do what you do? I've made an intention to uh, to add value to the world in a certain way. And that is why I'm able to do so many different things is because I truly love people and I truly care for people and that it's not a farce. I made a decision that how I add value to the world will not be dictated by finances. I'm not gonna, I gave up the golden handcuffs and decided that this is more important, right? I wanna make space to do changes and not just make companies money. I wanna, I wanna have space to be able to help others, you know, thrive and grow and like, I wish there was a world where money is not even a thing. I'm all about it. And that we all just share one another's resources, for example. But I do this because I really care about people. I would love to see a, a, a greater world. I believe as a collective, we can do that. And that understanding that um, that everyone can do big things. Did I imagine that I'd be doing some of the things today? I don't even think about it. It's like, oh, wow. Like uh, that 24-hour conference that I talked about, that's global, meeting people all around the world from all these different communities. That came from a like a two to three minute conversation. And about three months later, we executed on it. And, it's, and we're continuing to move forward with it. It's just that and it's not with money to be able to do it. I'm just like, oh, okay, we can figure it out. People have different things they can donate 
and stuff like it's doing it just because I would like to see a, a a beautiful place a beautiful world how can we keep doing it you know like um how can we change you know things for for the whole planet that we can see as we talked about very early in the conversation is that we have a lot more in common than we think right um uh that what's that box of agreement with every human being let's kind of start from there it may be really tiny with some folks but let's kind of start from there <laughs> i think we all can do magical things i think we're all great humans and i appreciate the compliment but I'm thankful and appreciate that you all created space for me to be here with you. And I thank you for that investment. Honestly. I'm gonna I'm gonna share something that I don't share with people because it's in my bedroom. And every morning I get up and every morning I read them. And they're these things. And I'll read the black one first, and then I'll read the white one. Mm-hmm. I'll read the black one and you can uh, tell me what you think and then I'll read the white one. Okay. Right from the moment of our birth, we're under the care and kindness of our parents. And then later in our life, when we become oppressed by sickness and become old, we are again dependent on the kindness of others. Since at the beginning and end of our lives, we're so dependent on the kindness of others, how can it be that in the middle we neglect kindness towards people? That's mm. the first thing I read every morning. And I kind of read it because in the past I was a little bit transactional and I was a little bit harsh on people. And sometimes when people annoy me, I can kind of forget that kindness. Mm. And what do you think about what do you think about that one? How could we do that in our practices? I think it's uh, I think it's a a great mindfulness to have. For me, I look at adoption as when you're able to do something and not think about it. Um, and when I look at with any change, whether it's people, organizations, systems is that I don't look at done. I think, I think adopted is a part of the essence of who you are. So instead of leaning back onto something from the past, you always lean, lean on this. You lean on kindness on all things, right? Yeah, it, it's, these, things are like, these things are like an audit for me. So every morning mm -hmm. I look at it and I think, oh gosh, I didn't do that yesterday. I'm gonna do better today. Every day is another chance to do better. The other one's shorter. It says, we are visitors on this planet. We are here for 90 or 100 years at the very most. During that period, we must try to do something good, something useful with our lives. If you contribute to other people's happiness, you will find the true goal and the true meaning of life. Yeah. Happiness, kindness and happiness. Yeah, it's a constant. One of the things I definitely struggle with when understanding that for me, with me, with the perpetual focus on loving others, the focus on self is not there. It's always others, others, others. Um, and, and then sometimes I just need a, 
I, I do need to recharge, right? On the beach. Um, a mental beach, right? I don't have to be a, a physical beach. I'm in Michigan, so my my wait. beach is snow. Oh, Winter is actually my favorite time of the year. Besides <laughs> snow out here, but yeah, just that. Once I heard, uh, I believe it was Dan Cockrell, in, uh, he was an executive in, in Walt Disney. He said uh, that in an airplane, they ask you to put your mask on first before helping others. And I, I, I took that advice for everything that if, you, if something happens to you and you don't have your mask, you cannot help others. And I don't see it as uh, sometimes some people would say selfish. I wouldn't say that because if you're not helping yourself, you're not taking time to recharge or to better yourself or something else, you cannot help others instead. Yeah, I do take time to recharge. I just, I, I have a bias toward others versus self. And that I, I do feel that sometimes uh, I've had this conversation, it's very powerful. Some people think uh, opposite way is that before I help others, I need to help myself and work on myself. And I see that the pursuit to work on yourself is a journey, it's lifelong. And I believe that helping out the collective by helping out others, you are improving yourself. And that, um, that the reason why there's other people in the world is because we actually do need others. Yeah, Ubuntu. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm more of, by you being in service of the collective, you will help, you will help and be of service to yourself. So I, I worry about Seth. He's doing too much. He's doing too much work. He's doing too many things. And we had this conversation all the time. And uh, yeah, I worry about him. He's doing, he, he's just, I worry he's not getting enough time to empty the cup. And I worry he's doing too much for other people. Any advice for Saf? That's good. Hmm. Um, people knows me. So, with with anyone, because I know people have that same worry in myself and that we can only be responsible for oneself is that sometimes I do have to say no to different things and understanding what's your criteria for saying yes. I have done that. It has helped filter out different things. Um, but when as you filter out different things, more things that meet my criteria show up. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a balance. So sometimes you they have to like all are equal and just figure out it's okay that um if it if it came too much, I celebrate it. I have different people it's like, oh yeah, I want to do this and like neighbor, I got kind of pull away. I say, awesome, you have spoken up for yourself and stated what you can do. Thank you so much for telling me early. And like, let's celebrate it. I don't like, I'm not bemoan if someone can't uh, walk in a commitment. I celebrate it because they 
we're able to express it, right? And articulate it early, I think is beautiful. So find, find, your, find joy in the realization where you need to say no to something. I'm like, oh, wait, I said, like, and, and understand that's okay. Come on, Seth, how do you feel about that? I think that was some excellent advice. Far better than mine. Yeah. Disagree, so. I um I touched on some of that in my 2021 reflections. So I wrote that piece, The Power of Purpose, and a lot of the stuff April said, it was it was articulated in there slightly, you know, different, slightly different take, but a lot of the same themes. You know, I, I did acknowledge yeah, did. the need to do less and stop mm -hmm. doing things and you know i had definitely there was a need for me to exercise some better self-care and i think that's what we were talking about earlier itself and i think it it wasn't something we we kind of talked about as openly as we now do and i'm grateful we do but there was a time where we didn't I, I think it was one of those things that it was seen as a weakness which is April's basically saying, and I agree, is it, it's not a weakness, it's also strength. Well, it out. And to acknowledge it shows great self-awareness. Yeah. But it took a long time for us all to get to that place. I did reflect on, too, is that, like, because of the pandemic, like, how I leverage my time is different. I think all of us different. Um, I, I believe I, I definitely did more service outward in my community. I'm doing more service for my professional community and other people outside in this way than like out of the doors, you know, in person, like because of the pandemic, I'm not out in that spaces differently. As the world opens up, there'll probably be a shift and that's okay. You'll probably see me like, oh, there's less of April. Well, I'm doing different things there. I'm still doing stuff just <laughs> as we merge, right? How about you all? Cause you do like more things like locally you just mentioned scott like hey you know what i'm now like we, we're, i'm jazzing it up the world's yeah, opening back up right yeah, i did a jazz <laughs> intervention on Seth. i said you're just not having fun you're working i contacted you the weekend to go walking and you're going like no i need to do this for my family i need to do this for that and finally got the stage right you're coming to jazz tonight <laughs> and we went to that jazz fantastic <laughs> you out there also realized for me this is fun i find great joy in this my husband he can't discern the difference between work and you know work play and service because they're all for, they're, they're all one and that's a great place to be in that's the future of work where you can't tell between them mm -hmm. yeah is this work or not is, is this work is this community yeah. what is this what are we doing here and and i think that's a joy and looking at, and that's kind of like beyond when I mentioned like go to handcuffs and not worrying about what I'm getting paid for and what I'm not getting paid for. Um, is is uh, is a look at it's like, hey, you know, I want to add value in certain ways, right? And eventually I do need to get paid for something so I can keep a roof over my head, but it would be a great day if we didn't have to worry about that type of stuff, if we were just able to help support people. That's the place I want to be in. Um, I don't need Scott. to live high off the hog. I just basic necessities. Scott, you said, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Sharing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, this has been, uh, 
I don't think any of our podcasts have ever been the same. Yeah, I think we're I think we're gonna probably release this one over two episodes because it's such a good one. It's just nice and relaxing. Hey, that was fun, wasn't it? That's the first part over. We've got another part to go. Um, so we'll release that in a in a in a week or two. Um, so you'll be getting that so we can get back on track. Uh, the other things we'd like to say is we, we have been quite we've been answering questions um, that people have put. Um, have we got any questions at the moment, Mo? We don't have many questions right now, but we are going to have a very nice conversation with Seth and yourself next episode. Uh, that and if we get a big backlog of questions, we can do a lot of them. So okay. make sure to follow us in our social media and post your questions over there. So questions we're looking for are questions about maybe you want to start a community. You want to know why. Maybe you want to talk about community at work. Uh, this week I was talking with uh, um, Vasco Duarte and the team over there, uh, you know, around about the communities and, uh, you know, the agile community and building agile communities. So, again, it's a very big topic. Um, so, yeah, any questions you've got at all, please ask them. And, uh, you know, we'll endeavor to answer them. And start, thanks for listening. Do leave a, do leave a like or a review. And, uh, you know, and uh, especially if you do a like, you subscribe, that means when part two comes out, you'll get access to it. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for everyone. Thank you for April for our great conversation. And we'll see you for part two in a couple of days. Hey, Mo, I want to tell you about something. Remember in the Access Agile Festival, we had... Uh, people all over the world called ambassadors. I do. Uh, one of our ambassadors was actually um, reached out the other day to Grace, who organized the ambassador network. And, uh, and that was actually, you know, the ambassador from Ukraine. Okay. And uh, we spoke to him last night from Ukraine, Sath and I. Really, really um, humbling experience to talk to someone in a war zone, talk to someone over a terrible internet line. Um, he's doing something pretty amazing. Um, we'll put it in the show notes, but if you look, if you Google the website uakids.today, um, and uh, that's a website that he's created to gather drawings of children from children um, in the Ukraine uh, that are going through this terrible trauma and experience, um, you know, with an idea of doing some art therapy, getting some help, but also capturing, recording their experience. Um, kids are seeing terrible horrors at the moment. Um, we were just looking at them a little bit. Do you want to kind of describe some of the pictures that uh, you know that children have put up, Mo? And and how did it make you feel? So the pictures are really. I I don't know how to explain them. Like, it, it's scary just to see. Whenever you see, kids' art and kids' drawings, is something. It's usually something really wholesome and like the drawing that your parents put on the fridge that it's just you and whatever. But whenever you see the pictures that, is, that are in this website, it just really, it puts into perspective, like the reality of what is going on over there. And just, it's just that your heart goes to all the families in the, in, in the conflict. Yeah, the same here. It was great empathy, especially I've got five children um, and there are various ages of drawings there and plasticine and Play-Doh and, 
and some are you know you pictures of ukrainian tanks others are pictures of combat scenes some others are just pastoral beautiful pictures of um of ukraine um as this grows and grows i think it's going to be a, a you know an, an amazing uh, you know a, an amazing reference point as to where things are um but yeah watching it just now i, I feel incredibly sad for the just for this entire situation that's happened um you know i think we'd all like to do more but nobody wants to you know exacerbate the conflicts so everyone's trying to get restraint into the situation but watching these these drawings are amazing so uh, yeah I, I, you know if you can have a look at the the website and check it out and it's in the show notes but uh, you know the website is ua kids today and we'll try and use the old network that we did for access agile to spread world uh, word on this um around the world um you know and, and a huge yeah a huge shout out to Artem Bikeviks and his family, uh, who we spoke to last night, and maybe at some point we'll get them on the show because I'm really interested to know how Ukrainians are managing to maintain community, um, you know, just now in Ukraine. So uh, Mo and I are going to try and get hold of them. The lines are terrible, the connections are terrible, but if we can get hold of them, I think this would be good as well. Okay, but please, you know, hashtag UA Kids today. Please look that up and please support it. We're going to also put in the show notes for anyone that wants some links that you can support the people from Ukraine. And if there's any listeners that have loved ones in in, in there, please, uh, we hope that they are safe. We hope that, uh, that the conflict re resolves as soon as possible. And our hearts in, from the three of us go to the people of Ukraine. Thanks. Making Community is produced by Mauricio Vera. The hosts are Sathpal Singh and Scott Savewright. The views and opinions expressed by the participants are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the companies and organizations they happen to work for. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you in a community dear to you next time.